Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Welcome to There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting from the University of British Columbia on the unceded Musqueam Territory. If you're listening to this on the podcast, this is episode 206. This show is brought to you in partnership with BC Soccer Web, your one-stop site for local, national and international news and links. Visit them every day on bcsoccerweb.com. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhammer. And if anyone out there knows how to work a board, to give us a call. <laughs> hey, dude, I, I, we're starting so early. We've never started this early. I was assuming you were Mike One for some reason, because <laughs> you're the first one to talk. Because your name's Mike. Yeah. <laughs> we'll let you off with that one. So let's kick things off right away with a tweet. Dan Matthias Olson, <laughs> at Dan Matthias. Danimal. He says, our job tonight is to give us hope that things will get better. <laughs> Well, this, it didn't get better at the beginning there. No. <laughs> tough assignment. But, yep. but, but it wasn't the worst thing that happened to the, anything related to It wasn't to the worst thing this weekend. It's, it's not been a fantastic Canada Day weekend for Canadian football teams. Whitecaps lost in MLS. Whitecaps lost in USL. TSS Rovers lost in PDL. Two of those games losing to Seattle Sounders, so not fantastic. We did knock Toronto off the top of the Supporters Shield standings. Yeah, we assisted. <laughs> the only thing. That, that's yeah. a plus. Uh, but, uh, Montreal also won for Canadian football. Are they Canadian? They are, yes. Oh, okay. my, Officially for now. My Canada includes Montreal. Okay. I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't done my citizenship test yet. <laughs> Did get 75% on the one that was on the, the Whitecaps website. Don't it's, know if that passes or not. It's quite a drive from Montreal to Thunder Bay, just so you know. Right. So that's not a local derby. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I'm learning these things, and once I learn these things, I will take my Canadian citizenship test. I was going to wear a, a Canada jersey this weekend to, to celebrate Canada Day. Unfortunately, the only one I had was a hockey jersey, so I didn't think that was appropriate to, to wear on a soccer show. Um, so I'm wearing my Cascadia top, and what, what's that you're wearing, Steve? The Canadian hockey jersey. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I I, I I don't I don't I'm not the person that um, is biased against other sports. Ooh. Yeah, so I'm I'm happy to support Canada in any which way. I'm not biased against other sports. I just there's only one that really matters. So yeah. and Zach, you are wearing your wait. Domin- Dom- the Dominion Day was yesterday, and I wore Canada stuff then. 
Uh, so, so July 2nd is Germany Day. Well, every day. Deutschland every day? day is quality German football day, yes. Yeah, and of course, congratulations, Confederation Cup win. Yep. And? From from Germany's, was it sec- you, Second you, Reich, Third Reich, mm. uh, whatever, the, whatever the team was. And U21 as well. Euro U21. Oh, yeah. I paid no attention How could to you? How, they've knocked out England on penalties in the I, semifinal. I heard that, but I, I didn't watch any of it. Once England is out of any tournament, uh, Michael shuts down. Well, Scotland's out of any tournament, I shut down. So that's or, basically or before tournaments get underway. Yeah. We're, we're stalling, and I, I think you know why. Because what the hell went wrong? Ah, I don't know. <laughs> it's I, I was fortunate enough not to watch the game live. Same. Because we were here. at, at WFC two, yeah. I was commentating, so I had a really I was good excuse. A, I was avoiding listening to you on YouTube. Yeah, I yeah. think that's probably a good idea because it, I, there was some technical problems with the feed, and if you listen to it, I sound like a Dalek. So does Brendan Bachelor. It isn't just me, but they haven't had any any technical issues with any of the WFC two streams in their three seasons. I do a game, and it all goes to pot, which that's been happening at TSS Rovers as well. So I'm starting to think that. The, the technical thing... And so it's not Steve's yeah, fault tonight. Happened tonight. Something about a Scottish accent seems to send radio signals going all over the place. But we've delayed it long enough. We have to talk about the game in Chicago. The Windy City was not mighty pretty for Vancouver Whitecaps FC. 4-0 defeat, which I think was probably a little bit generous. It could easily have been 7, 8, 9, 10... We could have been saying, what was the time? Ten after. Yeah. It was a, it was a tough showing. I mean, where do you even start? What's your overriding feeling coming out of that match? You've heard, I'm sure you're familiar with the saying, like, if, if you can't say anything good, you, <laughs> Don't should, say anything you should say anything at yeah, all. Yeah, but we're on a radio show. Yeah. That's true. So the one thing, so yeah. the best so thing. Thanks for listening to this episode <laughs> of the 18 Soccer Show. So the, be- the best thing. I think, and I think I already told you this, but the best thing that came out of yesterday was you got a prediction right in terms of the outcome and the score. Woo! 4-0, I said. Ba- basing that on the Whitecaps putting out a weaker side, <laughs> I guess they, they put out a weaker side. <sighs> I mean, the, the formation and the lineup. Let's kick things off with that. It was good to see... Nah, I have nothing. It was good to see Christian Bolanias back in the, the lineup. Robo said this week when we asked him about it, he was still one to two weeks away. Initial reports in Costa Rica said he may be out until after the September qualifier. Which was odd. Mm-hmm. For shoulders, for shoulders, yeah. unless it's really serious. Then, then there was all this stuff that he was undergoing, this new treatment that yeah. was going to... I mean, obviously, it's a fantastic no, treatment. No, it gets you better in a no, couple of weeks. We saw him a few days after he came back at the, at the when they unveiled the new training centre, and he yeah. was training at that day. Yeah. He was and, going hard. Yeah, so He, he I, was taking part in the scrimmages at training on, on Tuesday and Wednesday. So I had a hunch that he might be in the team. Then Instagram showed that he had travelled. I thought, though, at best, he, he would be on the bench. And it, for me, big surprise that, that he was back in the team. He's still clearly not 100%, but yet he won man of the match. What, what does that say about, about well, the rest of the team? They, they weren't going to give it to anybody defending. No, and None he did hit the defending. post six he minutes did. in. yeah. yeah. There was two two chances inside the first ten yeah. minutes that we actually inside the first six minutes or so. No, there was one minutes. like right before the ten minute oh, okay. before it hit the, or before the eleventh minute yeah, began. Yeah. Um, that were, 
Bolo was one, and I'm blanking on who the other was now because I don't think I wrote that Teixeira down. Teixeira had a Maybe that's what it was. Kick. Yes, yes. Maybe that's what it was. I well, that, that's the problem when you find out what the score is and you're you're watching the game, you really kind of blank out on uh, all the <laughs> positives. Are well, those fir- when yeah. I watched when I had those first thirty minutes on, yeah, uh, you didn't know whether. No, I was like, I was folding laundry, oh, I was okay. cleaning up the living room, yeah. I was I was multitasking because yeah. I was, yeah, I was kind of yeah. depressing. I I was trying to avoid the score, and then as that's I was, hard to do. was leaving Langley. Yeah. All these tweets were saying, which one are you predicted for now? It's all your fault. And I was like, <laughs> okay, this is clearly not going well. Check the score. Then just listen to the second half and the radio coming in. Watched it last night. I was trying to stay up to watch the UBC game at 1am, but then I, the link took me to some site that had so much Chinese stuff in it, I didn't know what I had to press. So I oh. just had to shut that down. They lost 2-0. Another, another bad thing for a BC team this weekend. But they did get a silver medal, lost to a German team, so a very good weekend for Germany. But yeah, Bola back in the, the starting lineup, and maybe a surprise to some, we talked about it last week that we could see it happen. Bernie Abini gets his first start, Freddie Montero dropped to the bench, Zach probably celebrating. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think no, they no. might have done that because, like you were saying, they wanted to give uh, Montero a oh, rest. Oh, don't blame any of this on me. He no, does no, not listen no, to well, me. We were both, all of us were discussing <laughs> yeah. about giving rest, and so giving Montero yeah. rest. Ibini did look good um, in the start against Minnesota. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> Minnesota, <laughs> Whatever yeah. you were going that, there. That'd be, yeah, you should see everybody's face when I said it started to look good. Um, no, he looked good, so maybe that they were trying to see what he could do as a starter okay. and give Montero a rest, because there were nobody else that was going to take that position. If you really want to give someone rest, do you really make them fly to Chicago, put them on the bench, and bring them on for 35 or 40, 35 minutes? Came on at the 50 fifty-one fi- minute mark. Right, okay, so well, at forty that point, minutes. At that point, he was trying to make a ch- uh, trying to get something. Although I can't believe he didn't make the changes at halftime. But I mean, why wait you, six minutes? You can't say that a player was rest when they traveled all that way and then played forty minutes. I guess that's not. I mean, Bernie Abini auditioning for the remake of the Universal film The Invisible Man. Now, was this had to do with service again, or was it just he just didn't show up at all? Well, it, it was certainly a tough outing for him. And if you look at the stats, the delivery into crosses and passing in general was pretty poor. Oh, yeah. If you, especially when you compare it to Chicago's uh, stats. Yeah. I'm just going to whip this out just now. Uh, he's and got a piece of paper there. Whi- that, that, paper that'll go over the stats. He's whipping paper out, people. So, Whitecaps had 40% possession. That's, a, that's an improvement. <laughs> it beats the 26 point, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Although... Considering there were three goals down so early on, and they still only had 40% possession. That's not good. Not really, not a lot going to happen for them there. They only won about four, usually they have five-minute intervals, MLS shows. They only won yeah. four of them during the whole game. Four intervals. Out of, out of That's them. more than it felt. <laughs> <laughs> what was were those intervals after Chicago had left the pitch at halftime and full time? It might have been. <laughs> 79% passing accuracy, Chicago had 86 56% accuracy in the final third. And so Chicago at 75. And, and again, the that 79 is way way up from last week, right? Yeah, and 12% accuracy on crosses. There is why we never saw Bernie Abini. Yeah. Poor they lad. They just couldn't get the ball to him at yeah. all. Yeah. I think he, he possibly felt that he was in Tasmania and the rest of the team were on mainland Australia. Yeah. So it was to make him feel at home. I guess so. But he 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 looked poor. He he had uh, he had some okay runs. I'll give him that. The service obviously wasn't like you said wasn't good. There was a one one play uh, 
again, if the service just needed to be a little bit better, where there was an incredible ball, because there's not a lot of good things to talk about, but there was a really nice ball from, ball. from, from a player we'll talk about more later. But Matias Lava played a really nice long ball that we usually don't see, pinpoint to the bug on the wing. The bug cut in and made a cross and just, like, it was our, the keeper, keep, Lampson beat Bernie to the ball. Yeah. But it was like, it was like a, it was, it was a, it was a moment of like, okay, we actually almost that, that created something. That was one something. of the 13%. Yes, so yeah. That was possibly the only one in, in the 13%. So let's quickly run through the goals. And then I want to go back to something else about the, the starting formation. But let's go through the goals. 14 minutes. We we hit the post early on. We talked about Bola, long range shot, fantastic. He's still searching for his, this goal. He's done well with assists, but he's he's not in his goal scoring self that he's had. But after that, Chicago took over, and fourteen minutes gone. The man that you really want to to watch bangs in a goal, one 0 down, and Nikolic celebrating fifteenth goal of the season. Writing already on the wall for the Whitecaps. So it was, it was a really beautiful ball from their left fullback to their right fullback. Yeah. And if you watch, actually, I actually watch the halftime. I don't always watch the halftime when I'm watching things back on the PVR. And they actually broke. I think might have, might have been Terry Dunfield. I forget. Someone broke it down on, on the halftime and actually made a really good point. If you if you go back to the kind of the the play before. Brekshay actually does really well to help close down um, Matt Polster, who was playing right back. You might remember him. I think he used to play center mid for them before they bought in three center mids. Yeah. Victoria Highlander is center right. as well. So on the play before, Brekshay does a really good job at helping Jordan Harvey close down uh, uh, Matt Polster on on the on on our uh, you know on their right. Ball gets kind of back out in the middle. We have a clearance. Ball goes in the middle. Uh, Chicago goes one way, goes back the other way. It, they bring it to their left, and their left fullback does a beautiful cross-field ball yeah. to Matt Matt Polson, who was all by himself. Who was all by himself. So sh- so Breck didn't wasn't helping there. Harvey wasn't there when the ball went out. Then Harvey went out, and for some reason, no one decided to mark the top goal scorer in the league. Yeah, and, and he just ghosted in and just easily and, finished. And for me, uh, looking back on it, um, the the backline went, you know. Th- it fell too deep, and the, the, there was no support from Matias Lava on that one. Like, he did yeah. not pick up, the, uh, like you said, the leading goal but scorer yeah. in MLS. Whenever he, there's a man free in the box, you look to see whose fault it is. And yeah. a lot of the time, it is the midfielders that aren't tracking back because the defenders are getting pulled left, right, and center. Yeah. But you can't leave him wide open in the box. It's like it's not as if they they didn't know what he's been doing this season. I'm sure he was part of the video package when they were discussing tactics on the field. I hope they had a video package. It was kind of hard to tell. Yeah, it was It was disappointing. And then the second goal. Yeah. That was, again, I think it was Harvey passing it to Laba. Like, I kind of blocked that one out of my Mat- mind. Matias Laba gets get his second best to the to Delu. Their yeah. number, no, that was the yeah. yes, that and was and was. and again, you a, could tell right away as soon as he, you like you could almost feel Maddie being like, "Oh crap, yeah, this yeah. is not." It wasn't uh, a great ball from Jordan. I mean, it, it was bouncing. It wasn't so much a pass as he just hit a ball. Yeah, and then Laba failed to control it, easily dispossessed by Skip to Delu. Yeah, uh, Skip to Skip to Lou. Yeah, 
And so Maddie, Maddie was second best, and then Timmy was second best as well. Yeah, yeah. Parker d- d- did not have he, a good game. He got pushed off the ball very yeah. easily. But we'll talk about some again of the, individual the top score, top score in the league. Yeah, a guy who's done it all over, all in various places around the world. Strong center forward, and then just nice finish, kiss. Kiss yeah. in off the post. And, and, it didn't and seem to take much, though, to push Parker off the ball. That was the, the worrying thing. He might have been a little bit off balance. But, yeah. I mean, Parker against him, it's a battle that you always think Nikolic is going to do the business. Uh, yeah, but here's the thing, though. Even if Kendall Watson is playing, you still probably want Parker to match up with Nikolic for pace and for... Yeah, but at least Kendall would have put a nice little elbow or a, a foot in outside the box. And the thing is, even talking about that, about putting an elbow in, that's where you want to see Matias Lava maybe commit a foul. But he was, nowhere near, he was nowhere near because he's already... No, no, not, not that one earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On, yeah. on Delu, uh so that the ball doesn't even get to that point because it, it, was, it was wide open. I think he tried that later. Later, Yeah, on, we'll, we'll, talk about, we'll talk about yeah. that. <laughs> so, two goals down. You're thinking, that's okay. The Caps were two goals up last week and we saw a team fight back. Nothing to worry about. Everyone comes back. Two goals, the most dangerous lead in football. Then... Three goals, the the most dangerous lead in football. And what a strike by Alvarez. But again, another goal with another player unmarked at the back post because of a defensive breakdown. Yeah, it it was not good. Uh, Matt pulls her again. He he gets on the ball, faces little pressure. Harvey's Harvey's caught out by an overlap and kind of shifts to the left. And then, again, he just has another moment to look up and see like, oh, uh, Jake has has tucked in, and well, because Parker had gone to where Harvey should have been, right? And, but so the thing then is, the whole thing shifted. Down. Yes, yeah. so then Nerwinski moved down, and then Alvarez is like, I can't believe it. I yeah, mean, tons of room. It here. was almost it was almost like he put up both hands and waved. Hey, yeah. I'm over. I'm but over the, here. But the issue was for me, and I don't know what happened just before that. But why was Jacobson not getting back in line with his back line? He was like almost like standing there as a midfielder instead of being. I don't know if something switched off, and he didn't realize he was yeah. put at central. I don't defender. think it would have mattered though. I mean, it was a fantastic pass to find yeah. Alvarez and the, the it, finish. Least, no, but the was thing is, fantastic. If Nowitzki was at least close by, he might have put a little pressure on uh, the shot on Alvarez's shot, and maybe it deflects not deflects it, but affects his the way he strikes it. When you're all alone, you have time to strike. You're going to strike it like that. Yeah, but three goals. At half time, but then they are they are going to win the World Cup, so at least you have to give them that. But and well, they did lose. Like, Schweinsteiger, the, yeah, they lost Basti yeah. to uh, groin, or I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, sure. that that could be a big loss for them. Yeah. But what do you mean could be? <laughs> it is. It well, is we don't massive. know how long he's going to be out for. Right. Yeah. Okay. Is okay. That okay. Because there's a big break coming up, so they but they've got time for him to kind of recover. The thing is, old groins tend to heal long. You know, take longer to heal. Oh, tell me about it. Mm-hmm. But half time, three goals down. Make some substitutions. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really understand why you wait six minutes into the second half to, to make your double substitution. Were you wanting to see if you could somehow get something out of these guys? Or I. It's well, the, you don't think is, did, did Montero need that six minutes of rest? Maybe well, the, the, squad, the squad was tired from our Voyager's Cup victory midweek. Oh, no, wait. No, that wasn't oh, us. No. Yeah, that wasn't us. No. Sorry, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's not mention that. <laughs> Although it's nice to see another team screwed over in, in stoppage time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel so bad now. No, I do still feel bad. But in, in, in extra stoppage. <laughs> yeah. 
I think if, even if we had had extra, extra stoppage time, I'm not 100% sure we'd even have got a shot on target <laughs> in that second half that would have troubled Chicago. But I mean, Montero came on, then Reyna came on for his debut, and it was great to see Reyna back. And He had a chance at least. Yeah, he looked good. He, he and Montero did have a couple of chances. Yeah, yeah there, were, there were chances created. Yeah. Mesquita even created, I think, a chance. Yeah, down there. which Mesquita again, was the other sub, of course. Part of that on. is also because... We're losing three now, right? Yeah. Like there's more space, there's more time. Although still only forty percent possession over the the whole match, so kind of baffling with that. No, but but yeah, but it's the way we play. That, yeah, that doesn't yeah. speak to chances created, yeah, and there and there were definitely were far more in the second half. Yeah, yeah, but the third goal for Chicago, fifteen passes involved in the build up to that, which kind of shows how much they were controlling the game. So we were starting to get some chances in the second half. As we said, Reyna came on. He looked good. It was nice to see him maybe in a game where he's not pressured to have to do much because the, the game was gone by that point. So, I mean, these guys are coming back. You do kind of have to wonder, Reyna, I don't think, is coming back too early. Did Bola come back too early? Did they kind of force that on him? Well, uh, we were talking about this. Someone asked us on Twitter, right, yeah. in, in, in the day of the game. And I... I uh... I don't know if he's come back too early. Obviously, we hope he hasn't. But uh, in terms of those those speculative tweets or whatever that were were put out about, oh, he's not going to come back till September. I, like I never thought that was ever the no, case. No, not with based on or... based on those times we saw him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, training and stuff, or you know, training in the in the in the weight room or whatever, like doing all the exercises and stuff he was doing. It was like. This is not going to take till September to to come back from. No. So hopefully he isn't. Come, hopefully he doesn't take that long. No, I mean and and Reina, we've got Reina, Mesquita. They both came on. They're back from injury on the bench. Kristen Dean back from injury. Eric Hurtado back from injury. So things are starting to turn around. If we want to take some positives from that, and these guys got some minutes in that second half. What did you think from Reina when he came on? He went. He was on to the left. Yeah, they're going to have to try and find a, a place for him to, to fit into the team. I, I think maybe they put him on the left for now because he's coming back from injury. They don't want to put him in the middle um, and get him uh, like into like where all the mess and, you know messy defending happens and all that stuff. Give him some space initially when you're coming back. Well, and of course, at that point, he would have been in the middle alone with with Maddie, right? It would have yeah. been just him yeah. and Maddie in the middle. So they put Bola in the middle instead and, yeah. and put him on the left. Yeah, and that's where his one chance came from. He cut yeah. in from the left. He, he played a ball through the middle, and it kind of came back out for him, and then he tested the keeper, which was, you know, those moments were few and far between in the match. So both teams were having chances, but then, you can't even say a turning point, then a moment happened in the 78th minute. Matty Laba, Red Mist, whatever. Terrible tackle. He's just like basically almost like just cleats up and everything when he went down. So did you hear it on the radio? Like how did you hear? Like for me, I just, I heard about it. And I so heard I thought, it on the radio. Okay. I didn't, and then I came home and I, I watched it. And it was probably worse than I think it, you described it on the yeah. radio. Yeah. See, I, at first, to be honest, I've got to be honest. At first I heard... Uh, well, I, I knew the game was being officiated by Ishmael Elfat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I heard Matias Laba sent off. Yes. And I was just like, oh, how can, like... And Robo <laughs> joked afterwards that, oh, I've, I always joke that we have, uh, we always play with 10 men with this referee. <laughs> and we're going to hear from Robo very soon. 
But yeah, because the, the the radio guys was like, and referee Elfath sends off Laba, and I was like, oh, this is another shocking, terrible decision. How can they do this? It's cr- incredible. It should probably only be a booking. Then you go home and you see him yeah. going in from behind. The ball's away. His studs are up, right into the back of the the guy's ankle. The ankle no, calf, yeah. yeah. It and was the, bad. And the thing yeah. is, the the referee, he's he, when he's showing the red card, he go, he's like, "Don't even argue with me." Yeah. There's no, no like, point. I think like, he didn't really argue much. He just yeah. gave him one of those, like, "Oh, are you are you for real?" And then he was gone. Yeah. The most frustrating thing is you're losing three nothing. You have an important home game yes. four days later. That was not yeah. the time to get sent off. No. He's a destroyer. He is. <laughs> And, then and Chica- he destroyed. Chicago just turned it up, wanting to give me my 4-0 prediction. Had a couple of chances. Delude didn't look like he was going <laughs> to get his chance. Um, he, he didn't look like he was going to take his chance. Not like he had gone down the pan. <laughs> and then fourth goal comes, what was it, the 86th minute? 84th. 84th, 84th minute. Yeah. Six minutes to go. Fourth goal. Yeah. It was. I mean, you you mentioned the passing or build up too, but like yeah, four, it was fourteen passes for this one. It was a nice. It was. A, I mean, considering we, there was, you know, it was ten v eleven. It was a nice. Uh, it was a nice one two on the top of the box, kind of inside left channel, like perfectly played, poorly, not, poorly or not very well defended. Sure, but it was a it was a nice play and a and a nice finish side foot into the to the far corner. And that was it. That was all she wrote. So. Let's hear a little bit now from the two head coaches. We'll hear from Carl Robinson first, and then we'll hear from Ponovich from Chicago Fire, a guy I like a lot, as we talked about last week. So let's hear what they had to say after the match. Obviously a quality uh, side and two guys missing, and the quality's still there with them. I mean, just a... Yeah, they're a good team. They uh, they took the chances. Uh, we made some basic fundamental errors, uh, which you can't do against a good team. Uh, arguably, they're the most informed team at the moment, and you can see why. So credit to Chicago. Uh, they deserve the th- three points today, um, but we need to be better. I think you got off to a good start, though. I mean, you had some chances there. You hit the post, and yep. you had the other one in the 10th minute there. Or? The game is about fine lines, um, but the first goal usually is crucial. We had we had a chance probably before they scored, but the first goal is a bad bad goal from our point of view. The second, the third, and then the fourth we're chasing. Um, but said so no complaints from me. They are the better team today. They deserve their three points. And we have to go back to uh, thinking about Wednesday. You know you have to keep it tight against them. I mean they're moving the ball side to side. They they get free. You know Polster on one end. Uh, yeah. How do you contain that? You know on the other end. Well, the, we didn't contain it today, um, so I can't tell you how. It's really important. I think obviously the key players for them, Janino and Bastian, they run the game. Uh, we tried to stop that. Uh, once the first goal goes in, the dynamic of the game changes, and it's important. We you know our get part of our game plan was to stay in the game, and the longer it goes, we feel we could hurt him. And we did have chances. Uh, we didn't take any. Uh, but they deserve a lot of credit today. They, they're in full. Looking at halftime, what do you tell your team? And you made the changes in 51. Uh, what, yeah. do you, what, do, what do you do there? Like, Try and win the second half. You know, very rarely a, a team that's losing 3-0 comes back to win the game. Uh, I wanted the next goal to make it interesting. And we had a couple of chances with Freddie when he came on. Um, but as the game wore on towards the latter part of the, the game, obviously then where it's a... Uh, it's a counter-attacking game, and it was either going to be us or, or them who scored the fourth goal, and, and credit to them, they did. There's a positive getting some guys back. So first off, Nico, you put yep. him in the longest uh, stretch yeah. for him in a long time. Uh, yep. Talk about what you saw with him. Energy. The options. Energy. Attitude and energy. 
uh, and that's what we didn't have in the first half. We we were there, uh, we were running beside people, uh, but we weren't making contact. We were probably playing in second gear. Uh, the old adage is put it, you know, and, and we can't do that. This league is very tight, um, so no points today. It is three points that we've lost, um, but we need to learn from it. Uh, after the, the loss Wednesday. How do you think the team responded? Obviously, the result was good today, but did you see that coming? The team was ready to, to bounce back today? Yeah, yeah. As I said uh, in Spanish uh, before, uh, we had to work a lot on the mentality of, of the group, and actually this team, uh, this uh, win today helps uh, us as a staff also and as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a team to understand that everything what we were saying and preaching, that it's, it, it's possible. You know, it was about the mentality, about how we rest, how we prepare, and what we believe. And today, we, we sh- our, I think we shifted very well from, from the loss that we had. Actually, we lost on penalties, which is different than you, you, you would have uh, lost in some different way. Um, but it was, uh, for us, it, it was very important to, s- to see it, that it's possible to recover after 120 minutes in just a couple of days, be ready to, to perform like we performed today. Uh, Fantastic performance, fantastic uh, mood, uh, mentality was great, and you know that's that's how the great teams play. But we still have to work a lot to become a great team. We have to prove now in the next game. Portland is going to be a great test for us, and we have to keep the mentality that we have now and play the way we were we were playing so far. I fell in love again. All things go. All things go. Drove to Chicago. All things know. All things know. Thoughts to the coaches there. If you had fine lines on your bingo card from Robo, you can have a drink or tick that one off. Two drinks, huh? Yeah. Um, threw that in a couple of times during the week as well. I, th- I just think he's doing this on purpose now. I told him all about the bingo card and he said, Oh, I'd like to see that. I haven't shown it to him. Okay. <laughs> but I'm sure he found it somewhere online. I'm sure he's found it somewhere yeah, online. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Nathan's probably shown it to him by now. <sighs> I was hoping to wrap up all the talk about the Chicago game. Wait, what? We're going to talk about that more? Just a little bit about some of the players. Tim Parker didn't have a, a great showing out there. One of his worst performances of the season. How much of that is down to not having a recognised centre-back beside him and he's maybe feeling he has to do a lot more or he's kind of covering positions that he maybe wouldn't do if Kendall was in there or even Christian Dean was in there with him? I think it finally caught up because they were, they were facing such a strong attack. Yeah. And I think that, and especially uh, um, the, such a goal scorer that they have and everything, I, I think that uh, eventually it will catch up and hopefully it, it doesn't, repeat itself this upcoming game but yeah I I, th- yeah. I, I I don't think you could put it all on him but I agree with you it was definitely not his strongest game I think uh, I think one of the things that Chicago is good at this year is their attack is a, their their attack I think is a little bit varied so they were playing balls over the top they were going through the middle they were happy to come from both flanks and yeah I think the, I think the first thing you have to say when you talk about a, a player like Tim Parker and his performance in this match is the quality of opposition was probably the, if not the best, one Noted. of the best we played this year. Yep. Jake Nerwinski, another one who didn't have a fantastic game, out of position a lot, just caught struggling a little bit defensively. And Shannon Williams is obviously cleared now to rejoin the team. Didn't train at all with him this week, didn't travel to Chicago. 
cleared to play, do you put him back in the starting lineup right away? Are we talking? Or like, are we going to talk about that? I guess there's nothing to talk about in, in other than the fact that he's he's available. Other than the statement, the 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 non-detailed yeah, statement, we're, that we're made. waiting to see whether Shannon makes a statement, statement himself, himself right. or the club make a statement himself. I've had discussions with uh, a couple of people about that. I've expressed my opinion that he needs to come out and make some kind of public statement for two two purposes. One, to clear things up as best or as much as he's able to, but also to take the pressure off him. Because if he doesn't, you know that there's certain media in this town, news media, that will try and speak to him and try and ask questions. And that, that's that's what I'm saying. Well, like you ha- He has to make a statement and... Uh, uh, whether it's a, you know sit down in front of mics or at training or whatever they want to do, I'm fine with a written statement. Like I don't feel we have to hear him make the statement. People are going to demand to hear from him, and because written statements are always deemed as who wrote this, uh, and we know who. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that's what they get. So they want to know what he, he actually. Even that, whatever he says, he's going to be coached on that. Yeah. By whoever deals with that. As they always are. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. I, I believe are, yeah. it is going to be down to the, the club to make the decision whether they have him do that or not. So, okay, putting the media, media side, like, do you also, is it, do you think there'll be pushback from some people in the stadium? I, I think there will be just because that's the nature of the support here in Vancouver is very inclusive, which is not a bad thing. I'm not trying to make that out to be a bad thing. But, Southsiders, Curva, general people, they're anti-racist, they're anti-homophobia, they're anti-domestic abuse, anti-violence to women. Which is all good things to be yeah, anti-against. There, there's, we should make that. <laughs> yeah, again, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But, I mean, they've supported causes, they've made statements in the past about things. There's going to be elements in the fan base that are not happy if he comes straight back into the team. Yeah, but there will be casuals who won't really pick up on what's going oh, on. There are, of course, there'll be yeah. people who don't, uh, and don't know. So there'll, there'll be, be some there'll be a mixture. who don't care yeah. one way or the other as well. Yeah. So there is a mixture, but, and there will be some, and it's just how many fall into that category. Yeah. And it which all, is why I think a statement would also help. Uh, it yes. would definitely help, yeah. So getting back to Jake, yeah, and yeah, it's we kind of already said it, but n- no one in the squad covered himself in glory in this match, no. and I, I don't think I don't think I think there's things in Jake's performance that he'll uh, that he'll grow from and learn from. Uh, defensive positioning, I think, is a, a really big one. Yeah, uh, being in line, there was just the the goal that was scored later. Uh, the goal that was scored, there was a a play in the later on in the second half for Soliniak. He kind of put him off, but he still got the shot, and No said made the save. But uh, he basically played everyone on side by by be- being so deep. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I mean, he's growing. Again, we were playing a good team. I, yeah. If a if uh, a more veteran person's available under the right circumstances, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that person start ahead of him. And uh, for him, hopefully, this is just another part of his developing and yeah. growing. So that will bring us now on to the next game that is coming up. Wednesday, things do not get much easier. New York City FC. Another prolific team. Man City Light. Yeah. Another Eastern Conference team. Third in the Eastern Conference. And a, a team that's they've done well on the road. They've got four wins, four defeats from, the, from their nine games. They're sitting on 33 points. 
from their 18 games. 10 wins, only 5 defeats. 34 goals for from those 18 games and only 21 against. So we know the names that they have. We know the firepower that they have. Looking at some of that just now, like leading the way, David Villa, or David Villa, as I like to call him. Aston, as he's known to his friends. <laughs> he ha- He's leading the way, 11 goals, 6 assists. Jack Harrison, 8 goals, 5 assists. Rodney Wallace, 4 goals, 5 assists. Maxi Morales, 2 goals, 7 assists. And the reason I've, I've highlighted those four is they've got players that they're contributing by scoring, they're contributing by a- assisting with the scoring. Yeah. We do not have that. No, not at this point. They they seem to be. I think they're. What what formation do they play? I think they play a like a four three three. three yeah, I think yeah. And I, mean, I think Harrison. No right, VS class. Yeah, and Harrison's right up there with Wallace up there. So they they attack uh, like you said, Man City type, and Villa will be the big thing that they have to stop. And that's where assuming he comes because you never know. But he he, he has know. played I, here yeah, before. I think, to, I think he'll come. Yeah. I don't think this is a tear on to, to, to credit to New York City for whatever you feel about them for reasons about who owns them and stuff like that. They have brought their star players here sometimes because they've had to because it it, it was like they were fighting for their lives. But two years ago when they came, they brought all their stars. They didn't yeah. rest them and they won the game. Yeah, those guys well, didn't the, sit well. Them and the they referee won the game. The game yeah. yeah. They, they're they like, oh, I'm not playing on that turf. So I would expect to see them here. They're going into a break, so... Yeah. One of the things that, one of the things that I, is really interesting to watch, it can be both uh, nice, and it can also be a de- bit of a debacle, uh, or it, it, it was, especially last year, and it's growing, kind of growing pains, is the way Patrick Vieira coaches uh, his side to always play the ball out of the back. So there are very few times where you'll see... Um, You'll see the defenders uh, or you know defensive midfielders from from NYCFC just hoof it or just clear it, like just clear it or just like last ditch. They they yeah they play nice football. Yeah, they, they and and last year especially they there was like I said there were some growing pains to that that were that were really painful, but I think it's paid off and I think yeah the football that they, they play is. Mostly, you know, especially for MLS, is fairly enjoyable to watch. It is. I mean, Jack Harrison, he was highly touted last year when he was taken in the draft and then New York City dealt to make sure that, that they brought him back to, to New York. And he had a fairly good rookie season, but he's really starting to find his feet in the league and growing into the player that everyone said he was going to do. So he's a danger man as well. But... The fact that these assists are just coming from all over the pitch, it's not a case that the, they, the they caps... Don't, they don't rely on one yeah. player just to set up the goals or to score them. Well, they kind of rely on one player to score yeah. most of them. But but they, that, that then throws the, the question open to how do they, the white caps deal with that? And a question was put to Robbo of how, how do you defend against a... a how do you contain a team like Chicago? Chicago? And he said, well, we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't tell yeah, you. Well, we clearly didn't. You're asking the wrong person. Maybe they want to give Alan Koch a call to, to see how to contain a, a team called Chicago. That but, that was a little bit different. Yeah, they only got a draw. It was a one-off game. Yeah, yeah. It was a one-off game. And Don't knock that. That was a fantastic no, move. No, it was. It was great, great achievement. But yes. like you also got to take the context. I know, I know. But 
lining up for this one, how do you see the Cats lining up? 4-1-4-1 has been effective at shutting teams down. We are missing Laba. Tybert's away with Canada. What One thing, actually, which I was going to mention earlier on, which I, this is a good time to mention it, the Whitecaps took, as far as I, I know, all their guys through to Chicago. So Bustos travelled, McKendry travelled, Kyle Gregg travelled, Cole Siler travelled. So all those guys did not play for WFC2 at the game at the weekend. Bit disappointing. Obviously, they were touch and go to see which one of these players that were injured could make the thing. But McKendry and Bustos are two guys that this could be a game that they've got a chance of getting in. Because if you want to go for a 4-1-4-1 and shut down the midfield, McKendry is a great person to do that with Tiber and Laba missing. But at the same time, it's a big ask to put him against those kind of star-studded players. Yeah, I don't see I don't see that happening in this game. Um, not, I don't think Robbo would want to put them, especially so both wh- of them. When do you play him? And I when don't do you know. Play these other guys. There, that's, there, that's the thing. The thing is, there's been opportunities before, and he hasn't. They haven't played him. Yeah, I would. I would. I, I really would love to see Marco at some point play behind one or two strikers in a in a ten role as opposed to a wide. And I understand. I understand why he hasn't. I yeah. do think this match. I do think this match, like you said, Michael, there is a higher probability or possibility that Ben could get some time with both Rusty and and Maddie out, and AJ most likely playing so, center back. Well, playing center back. Yeah. yeah, a lot's going to depend, I guess, if Christian Dean is deemed good to start a game. Yeah, which but, is a massive risk as well because yeah. he should have been getting minutes. I feel. In that WFC two game at totally. the weekend, like, that, I, I, like, that, you can that, have Cole Siler on the bench. Yeah, you, of Dean. exactly. That's what I was going about to say. Yeah, if you if he was ready to go, um, I, I yeah, that, that's a perfectly good point there. That Christian Dean should have started this weekend uh, uh, against Seattle instead of yeah. traveling. And is that not unfair to put Christian Dean uh, coming back from this injury? Yeah, in, totally. In, in one sense. I'm sure he would want to play. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, but it's a bit unfair to and have was, his, his he was return. The scrimmages this week and, and looking good and going in for tackles. Yeah, fell over at one point, but that was just he lost his balance. We were all like, oh, oh, it's like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, yeah, it, it would be it'll be interesting to see if he comes in and yeah. they push AJ back into midfield. But even if they do, you, there's still potentially room for Ben McKendry in there. I don't know. I I kind of see them putting uh, if they're going to stay four one four one. I kind of see them putting Chani in Laba spot and and putting somebody else, maybe a Mosquita and Rain up top or Bolognese or something. They they have to figure out something up top. Maybe McKendry. So you, you, maybe a McKendry in front in the front line. Right. Yeah. So if they're going to return to the four one four one, you couldn't see them playing Chani, AJ, and Ben in the middle. That's well, not AJ. Well, if Christian Dean does come back, sure. But yeah. I'm assuming he's not going to do it. Yeah. I I don't know. I just have this hunch. That they'll put Dean in and see how it goes because you can always have Siler on the bench to come on if need be or move AJ back and then bring Ben on or something like that. Dean has scrimmaged, obviously. Yeah. Right? And, and, and so he, he's he, just not up to match fitness. Match fitness. Yeah. But then he's on the bench. So if anything had happened that he had to come on, he has to be, you have to feel he was deemed good to go to get that bench spot ahead of Siler. But he hasn't had match practice. That's the. Yeah. And against that dangerous front line, I just think that would be disastrous. So there's there's two ways of looking at it. You've got, do you keep AJ at the back? Do you put him in the middle? I think we are going to see 4-1-4-1. And Reyna did well in the, the time that he had. 28 minutes plus stoppage time he had. 
I wouldn't be surprised to see him get the start on Wednesday. And then move Bolognese in the middle, or...? Possibly. Like, have... If you keep Jacobson at the back, Chani in the holding role, and then you have Bolognese and Reyna as the two guys in the okay. middle, Shea on one side to, to share on the other, Montero and up front. That's crazy attacking, Michael. With no the Matias be- Lava. The best form of defence is, is attack. It, yes. Okay, uh, yeah, sure. That's a good point. I, I I wouldn't be disappointed to see that tried out, but one, we've never ever seen that those players play together, which is obviously Reyna's coming back yeah. and whatever. But like that would to me that would that would be a little bit to, like to, crazy to me. Um, uh, if you're gonna put Reyna in the middle, you got to put a guy like Mosquita next to him who can maybe help out defensively a little bit. True, he and, and, well, and, even and, him and, ahead track. of Reyna, like keep Reyna for another cameo off the bench. Yeah, maybe do that. If Nico, I mean Nico got longer. Yeah. So it could be that he's further ahead, and Nico's defensive play is good. He's just not been fantastic when he's been a starter, as we've talked about before, but. Yeah, uh, it's, he, there's ne- a lot of questions. Nico's not going to be a defense more like he's not going to track back all the time, but he's going to be applying pressure to those guys before they get into the middle. Yeah, and into attacking. I I think I don't want to move on, but I, I think if we're going to go four one four one, it needs to be a very defensive center to that. So it needs to be like AJ Tony and um, and Ben in there. Otherwise, I see them going four two three one. That's, where you that's have, a possibility. Where you have yeah. more more cover for the more cover for the back line. I think they might need to do that until Wasta gets back to four five one. Just go completely <laughs> defensive. Four, six, oh. Just leave Freddie even more isolated up top. So, what, what's your predictions heading into this one? You you're confident? No, I don't think so. Not with that deep breath and uh, sigh he let out there. I know Zach <laughs> has left the the Optimus Union. He's handed his card back in. I never was a part of the Optimus Union, oh. but no, like I, I wasn't either. That like la- like last you. week, last week when I said oh three three nil or three one, like like yeah, you were wrong. Well, right. I, well, I, I was wrong <laughs> about the, the the score, but I was right, right no. with the result. Yeah. And it, going to this game, it it feels hard yep. to see us getting anything out of it. Yeah. Scoreline. Let's say three one. Three one again, Steve. I'll go uh, just to be a little different. Two one Vancouver. Okay, I I feel I'm on a roll at the moment. So four 0 New York City. Oh man, David via hat trick. Steve, do you, those, you those, think, you those, think, those 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 tweets about Robo out? Uh, some of the people that sent that out that might start really gaining momentum if that happens again. Yeah. Hey Steve, uh, honestly, are you trying to be contrarian? Or are you you, no, you hoping? I, you uh, no, dreaming? I I the Whitecaps sometimes when they get uh, like. Smashed like this, they usually come back and they bounce back in when nobody's expecting it, and that's yeah. where I would oh, put yeah, my, okay. my, my, if I were putting money on it, I would put money in that way because I because it'd be good odds. Basically, you get very oh, yeah. good odds too for them to win this. If, game. if we can even get a point out of this, I think I would be happy. And Robo talked in the audio there that players now have to look over their shoulders, and if the Whitecaps are looking not so much over their shoulders but looking ahead at, at what is coming up. It's a horrible July yet again. They've, they've got a break after yeah. Wednesday for two weeks, but then they come back from that break with a, a nice easy trip to StubHub Centre. Yep. LA, Wednesday, July 19th. Then four days later. Yeah, four days later at home to Portland, Portland, Cascadia Derby. And then six days later. Dallas away. FC Dallas yeah. away. Yeah. And then that's, that's the start of our traditional end of July, start of August Horrible heat road trip. Dallas away, Colorado away, 
Well, New England, I don't know how hot it oh, will be. Oh, it does get hot there. Yeah, <laughs> the they're they're going to be away. So they've got one game at home after Wednesday out of their next five. Tall, tall task. Now, in April, when they were going on their massive road trip, I predicted they would get zero points and, and they came home with six. Looking at these fixtures, I think they'll beat Portland. I just think they will beat Portland. I, I, think, then, I, I think they just need to get away from you for the training or something like that. Maybe that's the key. Robbo did say, I can't remember after what game it was. It was on a Saturday and then I think they had a break or something. And he said, oh, I'm just glad to get away from you for two weeks. I, I agree with you that I think we'll take something from the Portland game and it better be a win. New England, I could see us getting something from. Mm, and they think? might they might get a uh, repeat their victory in Colorado as well. You never know. The start of the Whitecaps revolution against the revolution. That's what it's going to be. Alan Koch leading the team. Not only can if they don't do well <laughs> though in this summer. The, I mean the the fan reaction this weekend online. Has it been what, bad? Was oh, a, bad? A little bit over the top, <laughs> considering right now, you look at the table. People had Robbo out at 3-0. Well, people had Robbo out three games into the season. Yeah. If, well, one game into the season, I think a few of them had him out. The, the Caps, they're seventh. They're still in seventh spot. They're one point back of the playoff spots. They've had all these players out injured. I'm not making apologies for them because some of the performances, including Saturday, were woeful. Yeah, um, but they've had, but had really surprising yeah. performances too in some of those It's games. going to take a bit of time for these players to come back and get up to f- speed, up to match fitness, but also to get some chemistry going. And you have to allow a couple of games to do that. If we're still looking woeful middle of August, I'm going to worry a little bit. You look at who is in the playoff positions right now in the West, and it's every team that you think is going to be there. The only one out with that might get in, apart from us, hopefully, would be Seattle. So then you're looking at who's going to drop out, and it's only really San Jose or Houston. Because Houston's on a downward spiral now. So I know we're not meant to talk about this now, but this is... But you will. But this is in part, I think, this is one of the things I've heard as I've read some of the online frustration uh, this weekend, is after people have been frustrated about the match and the score and the tactics and the coaching and the ownership and the the football committee and all these things, one of the things you know that I've heard people come back to is the fact that the expectations for the season from the football committee and really, in one sense, also from, I think, the technical staff is we just need to get in the playoffs. And there's kind of like this sense of like when you set the bar so low in – you know, to come six out of ten, 10 or whatever, when you set the bar so low, you, you're not striving for – there's this lack of striving for excellence in, w- in what we do and how we do it. Yeah, but it's, it's the stupidity of North American soccer that relies so heavily on the playoffs that I, I'm of the opinion that I don't care what we do during the regular season. I just You get in. You save your best football for the playoffs, and you win the whole thing. But that's football. Horrible, football, but football isn't like that. You don't save your best football for the playoffs. No, but you have to right? hope that you. Well, right, maybe not safe, but you have to hope that you bring your best football in the playoffs. Yeah, or you can just always be playing good football. You can build up to playing. Uh, that, there's the revolution we're talking about. It's the the new way of looking at things. But that's the thing when the when the bar is so low, like hey, we just got in the yeah. playoffs. It's like okay, well. 
But it's got me thinking like that as well. It's like, ah, it's fine. Just we just have to sneak in. That's that's that, that's I don't know. That's I disheartening. Know. They can't be below the bar. They can't be above the bar. They have to set the bar. They have Ooh. to be the bar. Nice. <laughs> Hashtag be the bar. So we talked about all the players that are coming back, and there's still a few more to to come back from injury. One guy that we're really looking forward to seeing on the pitch pretty soon is Brett Levi's. Still a few weeks away, but we need somebody that's going to come in and challenge Jordan Harvey for this left-back position, and right now there's nobody doing that. So hopefully Brett's going to come in and do that. I had a good chat with him at training this week. A lot of things, just about his recovery, and kind of being held up as the, the poster boy for Saskatchewan football. A little bit of chat about the Canadian Premier League as well. Here's Brett Levi's. So first thing, Brett, you're back out there training, you're moving about well, but how's the injury rehab going? It's going really well. My, my knee's starting to, to, to feel a lot a lot better. It's starting to, to feel uh, more like normal, I would say more like my other knee, which is obviously a positive because you, you want everything to, to feel um, in symmetry and, and, and everything like that. But it's definitely nice to get involved again, you know, when you're, when you're rehabbing so much and you're, you're not so much involved in the, in the group, it's... Uh, you, get, you become a little bit isolated, but you know the the, the guys, especially the the older guys, and the good good friends on the team have, have done a really good job at, at, at keeping an eye on me. You know, asking me how my, how rehab's going, how's the injury coming along, and whatnot. And um, the physios obviously have been excellent. I've been working um, hand in hand with Jake the, probably the most, and um, he, he's just he's awesome day in day out, making sure that I'm doing every little thing uh, properly in the way it should be, and, and making sure that this is just a one time thing. The last that we heard was they were targeting maybe late July or at least the summer for you, for you coming back. Is there a time scale on that yet, or is it still just week by week? Yeah, we're just taking it slow. Um, again, this is a it's, a it's a process. It's a long term injury, and we want to make sure that it's a it's a one time thing. So we haven't we haven't put a, a target date, or I haven't heard a set date, and and I'm okay with that because if I don't make that date, you know, then I might be upset and whatnot. So I'm just gonna you know continue to to grind out this process and continue to get stronger and stronger and more fit and. And when I do come back, I'll be, you know, hopefully stronger, fitter, better than ever. You know, what what other time in your life do you get eight to nine months to strictly work on your body? You know, with the season so long, it's so grueling that you, you don't have the time to actually um, necessarily work on your body. You know, a lot of times you're just recovering and getting ready for that next game. Whereas, again, I had eight months to to work with physios, work with strength trainers, work with fitness coaches and get at my you know hopefully my optimal level when I'm back so um you know it, it has been tough but you know that that's the way you got to look at it because if you just dwell on it you're, you're never going to end up anywhere so just rewinding a bit you, you made your MLS debut last game of the season you get the injury at the same time is it kind of mixed emotions to that whole day or do you still look back as a proud moment of actually making your debut you know what I haven't actually thought about it too too much um the, the one time I probably thought about it most was when I uh there was a, a, a city in, in Saskatchewan, Yorkton, where they have a big uh, a big soccer club there, and they invited me back um, while the team was traveling on a away trip. I, I believe it was back in March, and um, they had me speak at that. And, and when I was thinking of the speech or writing the speech, I actually wrote that it was probably you know the 
the highest point in my career when I stepped on the field, you know, to five minutes later or ten minutes later when the physios told me that I tore my ACL to probably the lowest point in my career. So the emotions were definitely mixed, and, and I haven't really even thought about it, you know, too much. I have my debut jersey. I had it in my room, you know, just hanging on a hook, nothing big, uh, anything like that. And the other day I just I put it on a hanger and I hung it up on my wall, and I was like, you know what, I, I'm, I am extremely proud of, of that moment. You know, it's taken me an extremely long time and it's it's not only big for me I'm just again what you spoke about earlier I'm just very proud and happy to know that the younger kids in Saskatchewan and Saskatoon are looking up to me you know and the, for, for me there wasn't a ton of people to uh, look up to there was some university guys there was the odd guy that that you know older guy that I kind of heard or this or that that's been involved in the national team and whatnot but to be the first you know Saskatchewan born and raised soccer player who grew up there you know in the in the club systems in the provincial system to to make it my MLS debut and to and again to be the first was, was amazing so yeah we spoke to Thomas Hassel and he had said the same thing so many guys look at your progress and they know like just because we're from Saskatchewan it doesn't mean that we're not going to make it opportunities obviously aren't huge there there is talk that there might be a Canadian Premier League team going to Regina Saskatoon even what would that mean for like the province but for the young players coming through to actually have a professional club there I think it would be amazing you know again what you said there when I was coming through the system the you you hit this point where there wasn't a, a ton else you could do to progress uh, other than moving away so uh, for me I moved out west again you've, you've probably heard this or I had to move out west I moved to Victoria to play PDL there and that was kind of how I broke through and even with that my coach Bryce Chapman who runs the the Whitecaps Academy in, in Saskatchewan who's done again can't speak enough on him he was my coach growing up and whatnot and he, he's done so much for the province for the program for the you know now they have that clear pathway with the academy and not but when I went to Highlanders you know he they, they didn't even know who I was there you know our, my coach had to you know vouch for him swear by it that I was you know that I could play at that level whatnot and fortunately I did I did extremely well there I I did well, especially when we played the Whitecaps. So yeah, that's kind of what <laughs> that's kind of what brought me over to, to the Whitecaps uh, at, at that time. As you probably know, I was more of a number ten winger, yeah. and then this whole transformation to left back. Uh, but again, it's ha- having a professional team there would be amazing. Just to, the MLS is growing every single year, and and in order to, for it to grow, you know, even bigger, and in, in Canada, it needs some competition. So I think it's it's excellent. Like the PDL this year. New PDL club in here, TSS Rovers, have been doing a lot of stuff with them. That level of play and the opportunity to put yourself in the shop window, obviously it's important to your career, but what, what, looking back at that time, what do you feel about that league and the opportunities that it actually gave you? Honestly, again, from, from where I was from, any opportunity was better than, than what I had in terms of who would see me. So um, I, I, the PDL was awesome. I thought it was a great opportunity to be able to play some teams that were in the States. You know, and, and at the time, it was, it was, Victoria was a, an independent club, and I was able to go and play Seattle Sounders 2. And, and there, there was different teams. And even when I was progressing through that, you know, I heard rumors when I went and played S2 that, that Ziggy Schmidt came down to watch me one game. I heard rumors um, after the Western Conference Final, I did really well. We were down in L.A. and I heard that, um, you know, LA Galaxy was interested in supporting Kansas City. And all, all of a sudden, when I was at that, I was like, these are MLS clubs. Holy crap. Like, I had no idea. You know what I mean? So yeah. the exposure in, is awesome. And realistically, that's what brought me to Vancouver, right? They seen me play. I played against them, played with them the following year, and then, you know, progressed to the ranks in Vancouver. But... I think it's a again, it's a great opportunity to have a couple of friends that went from University of Saskatchewan and played in the PL in Calgary, Foothills, and, and you know that again that opens the door and 
and gives them good opportunities. That's great. Thank you so much for your time, Brett, and we look forward to seeing you back in the pitch soon. I appreciate That's it. Thank Thanks. You. Good luck with everyone. We heard from Brett Levi's. Hopefully back on the pitch soon. He's so enthusiastic. There's a lot of players I enjoy speaking to within the Whitecaps, and there's a lot of guys you really root for, and Brett is one of those guys. Good Canadian boy. Good Canadian boy. Hopefully breaking into the Whitecaps first team and becoming a Canadian international as well. That that would just be the full journey for him. Yeah, he's a he's a quality fellow. Head head on his shoulders. Worked has worked really hard to get where he is, and yeah. I think is going to continue to work hard to to make the breakthrough. And and if he does make the breakthrough to the national team at some point, not putting any any pressure on you, Brett. We want to get you back in the in the Caps team first of all. But like I say, it would just complete the journey. And we'll be back with more chat after this. was a good-looking cross when it started out, but it didn't get all the way through, and it's knocked away. And here comes Martin Nash with lots of room, and he's got Garrett Cush, and he's also got Richard Hastings, and here comes Hastings, if he can get a shot at it, and he scores for Canada! Richard Hastings has won it for Canada, who are through to the semifinals. Do you believe it? And Martin Nash with, a, again, the cross from the right has found Richard Hastings, who had a great first touch and roofed it. Unbelievable turn of events. Canada, unbeaten in nine, have just knocked off the 10th-ranked country in the world. Oscar Perez is stupefied. <laughs> they can't play football in this country, you say? Ask the Mexicans that now after looking at this. Richard Hastings, a great shot on a great feed. Whitecaps have four players away with the Canadian national team just now. Yeah, I know we didn't talk about this earlier, but it was a, a very noticeable lack of Alfonso. <laughs> yeah, he, yes. he's the guy that you ex- expect to come off the bench yeah. and do like you know pick the game up if he's not starting, and definitely wasn't there. Yeah, and those guys are away with Canada for the Gold Cup campaign that's coming up. Heard some fantastic audio there from the two thousand. Gold, Gold Cup. Cup. It's quarterfinal against Mexico. Back in 2000, the year, the only time that Canada has won the Gold Cup. So far. A lot of legendary players in that squad. And of course, that squad and the 1986 World Cup squad are the two teams that are, are held up as the greatest Canadian national team squads of all time. Not much to pick from, but yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And Steve, you were working very hard last week. You did a residency list, but... Yeah. We'll come to that later. But you you were working on a fantastic project. I wish I had uh, thought of it a little earlier so I had more time to work <laughs> yeah, on it, but I, I had to put on it really quickly. You were quickly. kind of putting in 25-hour days, I think, doing no, this. Yeah. But you, you pulled uh, a lot of experts, local writers, national writers, avid supporters, ex-players. Yeah, it was a good mixture. And as long as 
Um, and I didn't want to just do West Coast because then you're going to get a lot of West Coast uh, bias in there. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to get a lot of people in the East uh, uh, or from the uh, uh, prairies, the, the Black Hole guys, they helped out. Um, and the guys from Red, uh, um, Red Nation Soccer, they helped out. So it was, it was a good, uh, good mixture of people. And we came up with a top 10 of all-time Canadian men and all-time Canadian women players. And we're going to cover the women players next week because next week is kind of a Canadian women's national team special episode of the podcast. With the Whitecaps being away, the women will play. And we've got some chats with Jordan Heitema, yep. Stephen Reed, new CSA president, and John Herdman as well. But we want to talk a little bit about the results of the top 10 men's poll. And a lot of players that took part in either the 1986 World Cup or the 2000 Gold Cup win. And some surprises, but a lot of close contests as well, Steve. Especially at the top. Uh, we'll talk about that first, obviously. The, the, the top two spots were just neck and neck. It was, uh, Wait, we're starting at the top. Why not start at you the You can top? start at the bottom. Yeah, you have to go 10 to 1. You okay, fine. Well, everybody's already, most people have seen the article. Actually, 10 and 11, there was somebody who almost made the top 10 and just missed out by very little, and that was Dominic Mobilio. Number 10 was Dale Mitchell. Um, I think it was a two-point difference or something. So if one person extra had voted for Dominic, it would have probably made a difference. Um, Is this a good time to tell you that I forgot to fill in my poll? What is wrong with you? I've had a very busy weekend. It has been a busy for him. And a busy week, if you think of it that way. So where where would you put Dom, just out of curiosity? I, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> I wanted to do more research and look at stats and stuff. It, That's it, why it, I didn't Maybe a good thing he didn't vote because it would it would have been uh, this way. We can say it's all Canadian votes. Oh. I, <laughs> I'm also very biased with goal scorers. Yeah, so it might have helped Dominic. Tom, that would yeah, be good. So he would probably have got in. So number nine, another guy from the '86 team, Randy Samuel, oh, center yeah. back defender. Um, Julian De Guzman comes in at number eight, um, and number seven was Bruce Wilson from the '86 team. Um, I think he was left back or something like that. Usually played uh, one of the fullback positions. Paul Stalteri, oh, Diesel. Yeah. Uh, he was definitely right back, and we're still waiting he for had, another right back to come. He in. actually did also play some left back, yeah. especially in the Bundesliga. And, and, yeah, and then Jason Devos finished number five, the Which captain I, of the Gold Cup team. Right. Okay. Right. But I feel like he got votes partly just because of what he's done, like, outside of the, the pitch. It's pro- possibly. But he did have a pretty good career in England and everything. And, like, he, he scored the winner against Colombia at the Gold Cup. And that was a very good defensive team, too. So you got to give him credit there. De Rosario, number four. Shame I know, on you. I know, I know. You don't like him. I, 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 if I look at the votes, I can almost assume which one you were, because <laughs> most of the votes were anonymous. I didn't know who was actually sending these in. Um, oh, you, 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 you would know I, I, yeah, list. I would, I would know by the list basically. <laughs> Number three was uh, Alex Bunbury. That's yeah, he, he was awesome. Father of Trader. Um, number oh. and then number two again. This was so close. Um, uh, I, I think a few years ago, whoever finished number two would have finished number one, and that was Craig Forrest. Um, he had a he was the MVP of that Gold Cup yep. and probably their best player easily. And then Stop the BK, a couple of PKs in fact. Yep. Um, and then uh, uh, number one, obviously Tiba Hutchinson. And I think that's got a lot to do with 
especially lately his Europa and um, uh, Champions League. Champions League. Yeah. And he got a little push maybe from Arsene Wenger because he said he was the best player on the pitch for the team. So I think uh, I think he got it. I think deservedly. He's been a very good player. Over you you mispronounced that. It's not Arson Wenger. It's Arson Wenger. What? Arson Wenger out. See, see I'm, I'm always thinking Wenger <laughs> when I say it. So I'm, <laughs> that's the where the uh, pronunciation comes for me. That's because you're hanging around with me so much. I think so. So I, I think it was a solid list. Like I said, Dominic Miller just missed out. Uh, if you look at it, um, that uh, say include Mobilio, top eleven, you actually have a pretty solid team: a goalie, right. four defenders. Oh. Three midfielders and three attackers. So oh. you could almost put a solid we 11. Done, we should have done an 11. Well, well, we're saying it now. Mobilio is 11. So yeah. if you do a best 11, that's you're basically best 11 right there. And that, there that, was, that would be a great team. Yeah, that, was a, that would win a gold cup. There's also a couple of votes for Jimmy Easton. Jimmy Easton, yes. That's player, one person I, I we missed. I hadn't heard of. But no, neither have I, yeah. I. I got educated about him from a couple of guys. Oh, yeah. yeah he's, yeah. But he, again, he was injury riddled. And um, he's doing stuff off the pitch now that... It's been significant, right? Yeah. So I think uh, I think I think it was a pretty solid list. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. Thank everybody who took the time to vote. Um, and because I had, I think I had like 34 people to pick from. So no, no thanks. To you. Uh, no, but he, but he did edit and put the pictures together. So it was good. that's a great picture you chose. Yeah. It took me ages to find all those pictures. I managed to. I don't know if anyone noticed the he, Craig Forrest one got actually a comment on the on the article, the Craig, Craig Forrest picture. Oh, like it was a, what a picture of Craig Forrest or something. It it was fun finding all the old pictures. The Canada Soccer Flickr account is a fantastic resource yes. for people if they don't know. Go onto that. Great photos back there. And they, and they and they they basically let you use them too. They're, oh yeah, they're, they're, they're for anyone to use as yeah. long as you just credit credit them. But I managed to pick a couple of Canada versus Scotland. I don't know if anyone picked up on that. Yeah, yeah I, I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> but if you haven't seen the list or you want to read more about the individual players and also check out the women's list, you can do that on aftn.ca. A lot of work put into it by, by Steve and the guys that took part. And it was our, our special little nod for Canada Day. Yeah, 2015. The, uh, my 2017. Wait, 150. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting all the numbers mixed up. Quick comment about the pictures. My favorite picture by far, and again, I'm biased, is you have your couple of Scotland Oh, I ones. know what one, yeah. Which one? The, the one, the German one. Yeah, that was like, because yeah. I was there. Oh. Yeah, it was like, yeah. June, I, June 1994, Varsity Stadium. Who who was that? Was that Randy? Randy Samuel, Samuel yeah. and it's Thomas there, Thomas Hassler's. There in the was background. a couple I could have picked, and I actually genuinely picked that because it was Germany for you. Yeah, man. So, yeah, it's, I just love looking through old, old photos, and it would be good if they could produce a really good book of just some quality old photos of Canada through the years. I, I would just lap that up. And 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 you were talking about Jimmy Easton. There are there. Are, it's just so hard. To get an idea of all the great players yeah. that came in before, like the seventies, even well, because yeah. there's so what little information the on them. Century in particular, yeah, there's, there's so little yeah. information because it, it's a lot of people had those. Like there was one player, I think, played for Celtic or something like that, a, a keeper. I, I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but I, I mentioned him in the article, and oh, yeah. he was rated very highly. There were uh, Dave um, Hunter, I think it was, uh, was called was named the best player of the half century. Um, so there were quite a few good players. It's just not enough information. Unfortunately, hockey dominated the sports landscape for Canada. And anybody, if you, you want to get all stats on hockey players, you can get them easily. Very hard to get them on soccer players. So Jimmy, just I might be, I might have this wrong, but uh, Jimmy Eason is, I think, the guy who wrote the report that recommended Canada. Yes, have, yeah. the Eason oh, okay. report. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember hearing that name. I, I would have voted for Dean Robertson. 
quality Canadian goalkeeper. I'm assuming he was born in Scotland. No, he's Canadian through okay. and through. Okay. Played for East Fife, but oh, he's Canadian oh, no. through and through. East Fife, there you go. So if you had East Fife in the bingo card, you can scratch that off. He always called us, this is when I did the fans, and he always referred to us as Afton. He's like, hey, you're the Afton guy, and then he called me Mr. Afton. So, so uh, obviously that top 10 list was great, but then there's going to be new players hopefully coming out of this yes. Gold Cup that maybe... In can, years to come, years they'll to be come. the future heroes. 175th anniversary. Did Alfonso get any votes? No. No, no, yeah. Okay. I didn't put him on the list. It's too early. <laughs> he just well, there was the, yeah, I noticed there was no write-in, was there? No. no. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was the that, only thing. I didn't want to take it off the rails right. with the write-in votes. It was enough work as it was for that. Yeah. So the Gold Cup gets underway for Canada on Friday. French Guinea. Guinea. I say I said French Guinea, as you'll hear in a sec when I speak oh, to Marcel right. Dion. Tomato, tomato. Um, so it's, a, it's an interesting group. We've got French Guinea. We've got Costa Rica. And of course we've got Honduras, because Canada cannot play in a, a group in a tournament without having Honduras. But cool. it might be a good time to... You know, they're not the strongest. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag FH. It's a tough, tough campaign coming up. Wait, what does FH mean? You know. Oh, wait. Okay, I think I know what it means. Honduras. Yeah, okay, sorry. Thankfully, there's no cameras in here. Really tough group, as you would expect. Canada has to get off to a great start on Friday. That's the game against the weakest opposition. It's the game that they have to get three points. We've seen it so many times in the last couple of competitions. They haven't done that. We've also seen in the last couple of competitions, no one can put the ball in the back of the yeah, net. Yeah, we got to score. And then you look at the roster, and only two forwards actually listed. But when you break it down, there's like Jackson Hamal, Alfonso Davies, guys that can play striker or at least get goals. But some big omissions. No Tesho Akindeli. Mm. No Kyle Lahren, although he is now cleared and rumours are that he would be good to come in for the knockout if, stages. If they make it there, a little yeah. bit optimistic. I know you, you were giving me the gears about that. Yeah. So, so last, so just to give some background for that, last week I, I said on the podcast, he, I was told he'd be out for six weeks. Yes. So I was told by a family member of someone who's connected at Orlando that what they were told was he'd be missing for six weeks. Not a certain number of games, but six weeks. Yes. And it's been... Two and a half weeks. Six days. <laughs> yeah. Two and a half weeks. <laughs> Those doctors do good work. Yeah. And he pled not guilty. Did, are you serious? Yeah. Don't don't even get me Are you serious? I'm, I'm genuine. He, like, he pleaded not guilty. They're, 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 is he, this... Okay, okay, I know we're going on a tangent here, but is this the, the same kind of thing like uh, Gleason and... Yes. Listen, they, they, they plead not guilty in order to get a lighter, whatever the thing is, to get a lighter thing from the prosecution. That's why they plead so not how guilty. Did, how did those, two, guilty how did those two knuckleheads get off last last year? Timbers uh, fan in the State good, Department. Good lawyers, good. I'm, I'm assuming. How? I know. I, like, in the DA's I'm, office, the Timbers fan. A lot of Timbers fans. Don't get there. me started on this because this is something that pisses me off so much. There's a lot of bad things in the world. Drunk driving is just unacceptable in this day and age. Having even one drink can put you impaired. And I, yeah, look, let me... Don't worry, I'll yeah. set up an ad for drunk I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to go into this because I, I'll just... Sorry, and, and I'm... It just I'm, really, really yeah. bothers me. And I appreciate Kyle Laren as a footballer yeah. and as a Canadian, and I long for what's best for him. I'm not 
trying to be anti him, but I I'm shocked that. And again, I don't understand things, Steve. Like you said, I don't yeah, I don't understand. He's completely not guilty. We'll, we'll see what comes out of it, but yeah. So he's missing. Let's get back to some football talk. Yeah, he is missing, and it's a. But we know the first game that's that's coming up is the one that they have to win. The danger is though that if it doesn't get off to a good start right away, the feeling is that's the campaign over. Yeah. The thing, the the, the I agree with that. That if they don't get a, they, they, not even a result, they need a win, and, and they need three points in that first game. We'll see how they play against those other two teams, but definitely that first game is a must-win. And you also have the heat aspect as well. The first game is in New Jersey, then you've got your other two games in Texas, one in Dallas, one in Houston, and we know the Whitecaps struggle when they go down there. And you're playing in, in heat and humidity, so yeah, why not play Costa Rica and Honduras in that? Yeah, no no favours from the Gold big, Cup. Big, big advantage. Committee. But, as we mentioned, the Whitecaps have four players away. Alfonso, Rusty, Samada Kugbe, and Marcel de Jong. And I got a chance to speak to Marcel de Jong just before he flew off to join up with the Canada camp, talking about all things Gold Cup and a lot more. And I wear it for my lady. Canadian flag, baby! So Marcel, you're named to the, the Canadian Gold Cup squad. It's going to be your, your fifth Gold Cup. Uh, how much are you looking forward to it this time around compared to previous ones? Um, yeah, every Gold Cup is, is different, obviously. Uh, I just see it as a new chapter, the new coach, uh, yeah, different players. So, uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to it. Uh, I mean, uh, like I said, every, every Gold Cup is special, but I think this one is, uh, yeah, my fifth one. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, yeah, blessed again so to be there. And it's a younger squad this time. You're one of the veterans in, in the team. How does it feel seeing this young talent coming through? Is it feeling like the start of what is hopefully going to be a bit of a golden age for this, this team now? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, uh, yeah, I've been uh, been around uh, and uh, see players come and go, and uh, but now I think we have a, a good group of young players who are stepping in uh, to to the national team and uh, yeah, uh, making it, making an effort to uh, to compete uh, with with the, with the yeah with the older players, so to say. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm positive about the, the new uh, the younger generation, and I have uh, I think they have a bright future ahead of them. And looking at the roster that, that came out, there does seem to be a distinct lack of forwards on it. Obviously, Kyle's not in it for reasons that we know, and then Tessio Akindeli's not been named. But two forwards actually listed as forwards in it. You've got the likes of Alfonso that, that can play that as well. But is there any concerns of where the goals might come from from this team? Um, yeah, everybody knows we've been having we've been struggling uh, with scoring on the Gold Cups. Uh, it's been a while that we scored, but uh, no, I mean, uh, with, uh, I think. Uh, with uh, the players we have now, with uh, Jackson Hamill from Montreal, he's been he's been on fire now lately. He's been scoring goals, even last game in national team he's been scoring. So, uh, yeah, and you have uh, Cavallini is coming in, uh, which is also a big uh, big player for us. And uh, but uh, no, I'm, I'm not worried uh, too much about uh, us not scoring. I, I'm positive. I think uh, we have a good chance. I think we have the, the yeah, like we like we said, uh, good players around the, in the team and who can deliver balls. And uh, it's just a matter of. Uh, Put them in the, in the net, and uh, yeah, I've, I'm positive. I, I think we'll uh, we'll uh, make a big big difference uh, this this Gold Cup. And French Guinea's first up. Obviously, on paper, the weakest team in the group. So, 
it's important to get off to a winning start there, but you can't obviously underestimate them as well. Is this one of those games that's like you want to come out just going for it, getting into a lead, but you, you don't want to just fall short? Um, yeah, you have to be, be smart. I mean, it's, it's like, a, like, like everybody knows, it's a tournament, right? So it's three games. But uh, yeah, um, if we play uh, French Guinea on paper, it's, it's a must-win game for us. And I think that's also how we have to play this game. I, I think we just have to come out and, uh, and, and, and uh, yeah, put them on the back foot and, and just, just go, go, go for it. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, less than a three points is not, is not good enough for us. And then the next two games, obviously the, the toughest, Costa Rica and then Honduras yet again. It seems to be no matter what tournament you end up with Honduras. But playing in, in that heat uh, of Texas and in Houston, it's like the Caps always struggle down there. Is, is, does that give those teams a bit of an advantage? Um, yeah, I believe so. Uh, yeah, we've, we've, we've had a last Gold Cup uh, when we played Jamaica over there as well. Yeah. And uh, three three uh, p.m. afternoon, uh, so it's a battle. But uh, yeah, I think uh, a lot of the players from Honduras uh, or, or or Costa Rica when we play in Dallas, uh, they're all been playing in, in in MLS or somewhere else. So they're also not really used to it, I think. But uh, yeah, it's it's just it's gonna be a battle, and that's that's why I think the first game is is important for us. It's a must win, and uh, yeah, any any uh, other results. Uh, with a point or, or or even a win, it would be huge for us. And I think, uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a 50-50 over there. Obviously, a new coach with the group. You've not had a lot of time to work with him, but the, the last camp, you, you were there, you started, you did well. What have you seen from what he brings to this team? Is there a big difference to, to what we had before with Floral? Um, or is it just going to take a little bit of getting used to this new style? Um, yeah, every 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 new new coach comes is is is, is different. Uh, he wants to change everything, but I think his his biggest uh, change is just uh, to change. He wants to change our mentalities and uh, be more aggressive. Uh, walk with your chest up. Uh, you know, it's the small things, but uh, he's just uh, trying to convince ourselves that we we are a good team and we have good players and and uh, we do have the quality to to beat Honduras or or Costa Rica. So I think that's uh, that's his his big uh, big thing. He wants to just change uh, the whole the mindset of, of the players, and I think that's 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 been good so far. Like the last camp was uh, was really impressive. And for you yourself, you've obviously not been getting a lot of minutes with the White Caps, but you did start and, and play the last game in the friendly for Canada. Is it hard going from not playing regularly to then coming into a team and, and being a starter, especially at international level? Um. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, uh, I mean, like I said, I'm one of the experienced players. So, uh, yeah, I'm used to like uh, focusing myself for a game or recharging myself uh, for a Saturday day game. Or if if I haven't played for a while, but it's, it's for me, it's not a big problem. I mean, um, yeah, that why that's that's why I think it's also important that we had the game in Montreal the last time. So I had some 90 minutes, and uh, yeah, I mean, the trainings here are competitive as well, and I, I'm sharp and I'm ready to play. So. I'm always ready. That's great. Thank you so much, Marcel, and good luck. All right, thank you. In a time when hats were high, I had no Canadian flag. Just a sign of David Roger. Too scared to purchase larger. But I walk through the clyde valley and the shadow of fiery chat. Marcel de Jong there and I asked him how hard is it to go from not playing club football 
to then suddenly being a starter. I mean, he started the friendly against Curacao, so he could be starting in this Gold Cup campaign. He doesn't seem to think it's an issue. But you've got him away. You've got Samara Kugby away, who hasn't kicked a ball in anger since January. Yeah, it's, tough, tough for I, I, these guys. It's a few I, I shades of a few shades of awkward that he's not on the roster here, and he's in the national team. Yeah. Well, the national team has to do with well, good for them, right? I guess. No, but he hasn't been re-added to the Whitecaps yeah. roster. No, and we don't know if he will. That that's the thing as well. And if he has a good showing in the in the Gold Cup, there is a chance that other. Clubs elsewhere will be keen to to take him on loan or buy him or whatever. But looking at the the squad for Canada, it's very young. Yeah, not a lot of veterans. Marcel's one of the veterans on it. Patrice Bernier. Are you hoping for much from this, or is this is this just a learning opportunity for these guys focusing on the next World Cup campaign? The, the issue is with the new coach. The, I think they've only obviously that was the only game they played under the new coach if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, and they really haven't really had any training sessions. Um, I, I wouldn't put too much. I wouldn't be disappointed if – I'd be disappointed if they didn't win this first game. But I wouldn't be disappointed if they didn't get to the knockout stage. I expect them to, but I wouldn't be horribly disappointed because I know it's still a brand-new process. But I do want them to get past and get into the knockout stage. That's what my expectations are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. My expectations are they need to get out of this group or they, they need to qualify for the knockout round. Yeah. yeah. That that comes first, obviously, from winning that first match. One of the things that's going to be interesting for me, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the first Gold Cup for Junior and for Scott Arfield, right? I'm almost sure of that. Definitely for Scotty. Yeah. And so, definitely for Junior because Junior came at the same time. Yeah. So that I think that'll be interesting to see, like how – how much they want it, you know what I mean? Like how much they want to – I know this is their, well, I mean, their off-season. And their, their call-ups, Arfield in particular, there's been issues before with him going to play for Canada, but clearly he wants to play for for his country. Well, he doesn't want to play for okay, his Okay, okay, yes, yes. He wants to play for Canada. We understand, we understand. Um, so, I mean, missing missing Burnley's pre-season, although in some regards, being away with the national team is better pre-season training, gets them maybe fitter and ready to come and play competitive action than just some meaningless friendly somewhere. What, what do you guys think, uh, Zach, especially for you, that, like, what do you think the starting lineup should be? Like, oh, well, let's, let's assume it's a 4-2-3-1, what do they normally play? I, I, at, at striker, I think Ricketts is the guy probably initially, right? Or do you think... Uh, I, I or pers- Jackson Hamel I, pers- I would personally never play Ricketts as a lone striker. Yeah. Um, I think he's better with, with, a, with, with a partner or or if, if it's 4-2-3-1 then in one of those wide positions. Yeah. I haven't seen – I would love to see a bunch of Lucas uh, Cavallini this tournament. Obviously, I don't – I don't watch a lot of Uruguayan football. I mean, back in the day, there used to be some Uruguayan football on Fox Soccer Channel or and Fox goal, Sports World Canada. And Goal Canada, yeah. Yeah, um, but we don't get that anymore, so I would like to see him play. I'm not sure if he is um, really suited to play as a lone striker. I think he. I think, I think I read somewhere that he does play in a partnership a lot in, in uh So maybe Jackson ML, or maybe they play 4-4-2 then. Maybe they go four four two, but they don't have that many strikers. That's the thing on the on the on the roster. Do you think it's a given that Milan Bjor- Boren is oh, the starting? 100%. Okay, yeah. so and then let's look at a back four. Then who do you think is going to be in the back four? I got right now um, Fraser Aird at right, uh, left obviously uh, Marcel, and then in the middle I would I personally would go with James and Straith. Although Vittoria would be another uh, Vittoria or whatever, uh, yeah. he'd be another option. I'm not I'm not a big fan of Yakovic at all because of. His age 
Yeah. And I don't know how much he's playing right he's, now. Yeah, he's 35. Or how old is he? Sorry, he's 31. And he's part of the New York Cosmos. I yeah, didn't, I, mean, I didn't even know that. I, yeah. <laughs> I thought I he was still like, in Japan for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he played in the friendly with James, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So maybe I, that I, is the partnership. I think you're going to I think we'll probably see Vittoria, I would imagine. Yeah. I, um, like you, and maybe I'm totally biased, and I'd love to see Adam Straith, you know, early residency kid. Uh, out here, it could be a right back option too if they want to go with or, him right or, back or holding the holding, holding mid- yeah. and the other you got Bernier in the midfield. Yeah. Samuel Piet most likely will play there. You got yeah, you got to imagine they're not just bringing Bernier to for, for you know to be Alfonso's roommate. Yeah. You know he's he's going to to contribute. So I, I expect to see him play I, mid- uh, him play a bunch. But there's also there's a lot of different looks or a lot of different options options can, for looks. Yeah, because you you know. You got a you got a young guy like Raheem Edwards who's had a great season for TFC. They they usually play th- three five two, so he's yeah. played more as a winger than an actual fullback. Yeah, but he's a, definitely an option. And I, I think if if they say they play a four two three one, I'd like to see um, Arfield, uh, Hoylet, and and Asario as the attacking three behind the striker. If they do decide to go there, if not, then so who's cent- who's central of those three? Asario. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah I, I, or you know, I I wouldn't mind either all three of them kind of switching around because Hoylet, I think he's dangerous sometimes when he's in the middle because um, he can strike the ball. He has struck the ball from there. Arfield, I I, I think he can. I think he, uh, Michael can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he can play the middle too. If, if yeah, in those situations. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Arfield. What he, what he can do in a big, big tournament. It's one of the reasons he chose Canada. Yeah. He gets to play in, in tournaments. In a big tournament. Scotland doesn't, doesn't, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah doesn't get to go. play in any tournaments yeah. if he's. Well, the one thing I've noticed was Arfield, when I've seen him play wide, and both a little bit for Canada and also in that uh, funny league he plays over in, there in, on that island, um, He, uh, wow. I, I see him cut in a lot. I see him cut in quite a bit. Um, when he plays wide, which will be interesting to see if, if they do do if they do a four three four two three one, if he if, is wide, even in a four four two, he can easily cut in from wide too. Then no, but if if he's wide in a four two three one, he cuts in. Yeah, that just creates more room for a Fraser Ed, for example, who loves to get forward and because yeah. he is actually a, a winger more than he is yeah. a right back. So you see Piet and uh, and Bernier holding. I, th- I think so. if it's a four two three one, if okay. it's a, if it's a four four two, I probably see uh, one of those guys play with Asario. Uh, in a four four two, so it, like you said, there's a number of options because a lot of these guys can play in different positions. And that's all without mentioning Alfonso Davies and what his role might be. Yeah, you have to feel like they're going to use him off the bench at least to start with, and then I guess just see how the early games go and, uh, and take it from there. until he rips it up, and then oh yeah, then he'll never be out of the squad again. No, all joking aside, yeah, I really hope Alfonso can I, make a, uh, I, an awesome I, contribution. To I think side. they're going to do stuff like. Maybe bring him on off the bench so they're, the people are surprised. And so he can make a contribution somewhere there. So quick yes or no. Is Canada going to make it out of the group and get to the knockout stages? Yes. Yes. I'll say no. I think Costa Rica will win it and then Honduras will go through as well. Canada will win their first game now. That's a positive. Yes. Yeah. And score some goals. Yeah. It, it, it should well, be win exciting. There's there's uh, Voyagers gatherings all across the country. There should be one hopefully in Vancouver and one hopefully in the this place called the Fraser Valley. <laughs> um, games on TSN. All games on TSN. Yeah. So check that out. So good luck to Canada in the upcoming matches, and we'll be back with more chat after this. Hi, I'm Carl Valentine. You're listening to the AFTN podcast. 
Talking of Canadian legends before, and we're hearing from another one there, Carol Valentine, Canadian and Whitecaps legend, current assistant coach with the Whitecaps under-16s, who have a massive quarter-final coming up on Thursday, Cascadian Derby against mm-hmm. the Sounders. Maybe we can get some success against the Sounders, since Whitecaps 2 lost to Sounders 2, TSS Rovers lost to Sounders under-23. Thursday... Third time in the last four years that the Caps under 16s have made it to the quarterfinal stages. Only the second time they're hosting it actually in yes. the province of BC. First one was down in Bellingham. Controversial loss in normal time. Second one, penalty shootout loss up at SFU. Heartbreak. This Thursday, six o'clock kickoff, oh. we believe, according to the USSDA site. Hasn't been confirmed by the Caps yet. Up at UBC. Oh. They really want to try and get a lot of folk out to this if they can. That's why they've tried to. That's go why they put it at UBC. Kickoff. Yeah, they put it at UBC. Yeah. Yeah. But it looks like the hope is it's going to either be better played. Off, you're better off in Newton or Coquitlam. I think you'll get more people out there. Well, honestly. they're hoping to play it on their new turf pitch at the training centre. At the very worst, they might play it on grass at the at Dillon Field. But it looks like it's going to be up at UBC. USSDA site and the Sounders retweeted this. Uh, basically, has it then as a six o'clock kickoff. Hopefully people can get up to that one. Um, really looking forward to it. Great goal scorer in the making, Jose Hernandez. 22 goals in the season so far, four in the playoffs down in the group stages. And looking forward to seeing what he can bring. If you didn't get a chance, check out AFTN, AFTN.ca, for Steve's sixth annual Once to Watch countdown list. We did our top five for the under-16s and the 18s. Another ranking. And it will be fantastic if they can get through this and then get into the final four, which is taking place the following week down in LA. Yeah, that that would be the ideal thing. And they've um, the the eighteens have gotten down to the you know the semifinals a couple of times, but to the finals, yeah, the yeah. finals. And the sixteens have yet to get to there. So hopefully, this is their the year they break through. Um, obviously, like you talked about, they were scoring. Uh, Hernandez was scoring quite a bit. Couldn't yeah. stop him. Obviously. Um, when we do the rankings, we do it before the residency. Um, I, it might have changed I, I had a little him bit. as number one with my goal scoring bias, like our, I'm talking about. Yeah, and then uh, the I, w- when I talked to the scout, our, our scout that we've used over the years, um, he they, it was the number one. Um, um, I always forget how to pronounce his name. Alessandro. Aless- well, yeah, call him by his first name. Fine, Alessandro. Um, uh, him and Rodriguez were neck and neck basically, and they gave it to Alessandro because of the fact that. He creates more, and he's able to uh, score and create. Yeah, Her- Hernandez, we're talking about, right? Hernandez. Okay. What did I say? Rodriguez. Oh, uh, just just a quick remind me: Is Hernandez one of the guys we scooped out of Edmonton? I think he was. Yes. Yeah. Okay. There's so many of them. Yeah. Jefferson it's, it's hard, another one. It's hard to keep track of who's yeah. Yeah. out of there. But I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, if you can get up to UBC, get up for this one. The guys really appreciate the support, and there was a good turnout two years ago up at SFU for the game against Georgia United. That was a fun day. If they can get into the final four, get the 16s through to the championship game for the first time, that would be tremendous. Toying with going down to LA if if they do get into the final four. And you are correct, uh, Rodrigo. Uh, Yes, Rodriguez. I wasn't sure what to say there. Rodriguez is from Edmonton. What about Hernandez? It's Hernandez from Edmonton. Hernandez, oh my God. I can't keep him straight. Uh, I'm thinking... Who is this Rodriguez guy? I don't know. Yeah. I just, is he good? No, yeah, he must be. Maybe it's James Rodriguez from Real Madrid or something. If Seattle's Academy is listening to this podcast, they're going to be doing all this research going, oh, who's this Rodriguez guy? Yeah, I have yeah. to watch for I'm, him. I'm doing it on purpose to throw them off. Um, Alessandro, he's from Burnaby. 
So they do have uh, some local connection there. Both Mexican descent as well. Yes. So get out to that if you can. Now we're going to move on to my favourite part of the show is Wavelength. Every week we play you a football-related song. This time we're going back to 1997, Billy Bragg, from his album Bloke on Bloke. I, I like my songs which kinda are using football metaphors for everyday life. Thursday's show, episode 205, I had a song by Thousand Yards Stare called Nil Nil After Extra Time, or No Score After Extra Time, depending on how you want to call that. And that was kind of using metaphors for relationships and football. So we've got another one now, Billy Bragg. This is The Boy Done Good.
The Boy Done Good, indeed, from Billy Bragg there from his 1997 album Bloke on Bloke. And if you were paying close attention, at the end of the Brett Levi's interview, we had another Billy Bragg song, Levi's Stub Tears. Yeah, at least this song didn't really, like, it didn't hurt anybody. Like in the, in the, you know, you can understand the words and uh, <laughs> then it like hurt your ears when it first started playing. So it's a positive that way. Not everything is punk. Yeah. But that is it, I think, for, for this episode of the show. Anything else you guys want to chat about? Oh, I think we're done. Everyone's going on a Wednesday? Yep, Wednesday, looking forward to it. May or may not bring out a post-game show during the week. If not, we'll be back next Sunday with the AFTN Soccer Show here on CITR Radio. As we mentioned, it's going to be a lot of chat about the Canadian women's team. Obviously, we'll recap the Gold Cup as well, the first game. Yes, so we'll have a a national sentiment. If only it was Canada Day next week. (laughs) It's every day not Canada Day. It should be. It should be. So, before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. For me on Twitter, it's at ZacharyAM, and I'm a part of the movement Curva Collective. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. Follow us on our new Instagram account, at AFTN Soccer. I'm also the Whitecaps beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com and the Western Conference reporter for USLsoccer.com. I'm assuming the Instagram accounts for dogs at soccer games. Oh, there'll be tons of that yeah. to come, yeah. That's the ones that seem to get the most likes. I, I've, I've started to learn how to use Instagram now. Hashtag dogs. Dogs and babies doing crazy things. Hmm. <laughs> Michael's like, I have to have to get a baby? No, I'm now thinking, <laughs> should I put a baby on a dog? <laughs> no, okay, I'll, I'll think about that on the drive home. It's a long drive home. This episode of the podcast, as with all episodes, is presented in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for local, national and international news and links. Check them out on bcsoccerweb.com. So that is it for this episode of the show. Thanks for listening. Podcast will be out on Monday. If you're listening to the podcast, you know that already. Until next time, take care. Thanks for listening. And And mon the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.